Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, thank you for gathering us today for... Um, being together as brothers and sisters in Christ, we ask you to open our hearts and our eyes to all that you are calling us to hear and see today. Uh, be in our midst. Be in our hearts. Help us to love one another. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. We have a great show today, uh, Miss Christina Reed Como. Uh, she is the Disaster Relief Coordinator for Catholic Charities of Acadiana. Welcome to the show, Christina. Hey, thanks for having me, Tom. All right, and our co-host today is Mr. Hart Latell, previous guest on the show. Uh, Insta famous in Lafayette and the Catholic world. Uh, thanks for being here, Hart. You're welcome. You've already given me too much credit. <laughs> All right, Christina, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a native of Karen Crow. I have uh, stayed close to home for most of my life. I've raised my children uh, in Karen Crow. Let's see. High school there? High school, all You're the way. You're a bear? Through. I'm a bear. I'm a UL alum. Are okay. you related to DJ Scarin Crow? Unfortunately not. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that would Continue. be a great resume ad. Um, no, so uh, I've raised my family. I've uh, had wonderful jobs, and um, luckily they've led me. Uh, through the fruit of the Holy Spirit to where I am now and in a place that um, I think I'm going to have a really bright future, which is Catholic Charities. So it's only appropriate that we all met at Pizza Village uh, on the north end. We call that Upper Lafayette. And and so, you know, we met just by chance and um, just excited to have her on the show. I love Catholic Charities. They're doing amazing work. And you you guys may not know this, but my mother... uh, started catholic charities i guess uh monsignor segura center prior to and mom i either co-founded or founded the monsignor segura center and some of the other great charities in lafayette food net and others but uh that was something that was close to her heart so she's a legend that yeah, was literally I, part of my my process how did this come to be and I mentioned <laughs> quite a bit yes yeah so again heart heart welcome to the show again and uh and t- tell us a little bit about christina and how you guys know each other I'm telling you about Christina. So, um, Christina, come on. I've been a fan of, of John Paul the Great Academy for a period of time here. Yeah. But I knew that there was something special about uh, a group of people who were trying to take um, a grassroots situation and bring it bring it forward. And um, so I immediately had my eye early on uh, on Christina Reed Como, on Anna Angel, uh, at the time Molly McCracken. I said, who's, who's pushing this organization forward? So I've been a fan for years uh, and I would never poach anybody. I would never go <laughs> ask somebody to please quit what you're doing and come work with us. Uh, but when I heard that um, there's a possibility that she would be looking for um, something else to do, I, I jumped on it. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Christina. So married with kids, Christina? Yes, yeah. married. 12 years, three kids, three All girls right. and all right i have three girls too i who oh lord get ready That's get right. ready get three weddings they're coming <laughs> uh so okay so tell us where your faith obviously um and you're saying you went to karen crow i assume uh, you've been a cradle catholic but tell, tell us about where your faith comes from in your family well um my grandmother was a great example of my faith um however i grew up in a family that 
you know, we went to church on holidays. So um, I found my faith in uh, high school, um, and I kind of just held myself up by my bootstraps and surrounded myself with people who supported me in my faith and have watched me and journeyed with me um, for the last 20 years of doing so. Um, and so the older I got, the more important I felt it to surround myself with not only people, but jobs that supported what I believed in. Um, and sometimes that's difficult to find, but years later, um, you know, you find your voice and you're confident enough to rely on the Lord to bring you to those particular places. And that's how I got here. Now, Karen Crow's kind of the heart of Cajun country. And w- when you hear the term Cajun Catholics, what, what comes to mind for you? Rephrase the question. If you okay. So like when you hear Cajun Catholics, like would some people, maybe they would take offense and say, oh, you know, I'm not Cajun. That's a derogatory term. But as you know, would you consider yourself a Cajun Catholic? I think so. I think it's in the way we love. I think it's in the way we show up. I think it's in how we do what we do and what we say. Um, I think most of us, when we say we're going to do something, we do it. And we'll bring three people to do it with us. Um, it's a, like just a family. It's a family-led Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's who we are, you know. And so, you know, being in charge of disaster relief, obviously, I mean, I can see all over your face. You're, you're a very giving person. I see the joy of the Lord all over you. And so, you know, what led you to do disaster relief? Well, it's funny. Um, prior to this, I was in development at uh, John Paul the Great Academy, and uh, I wanted to, you know, do something where it had more of a singular focus. Um, and I found being at the school, I found a love to serve those um, who can't help themselves financially. Um, and so I just grew the biggest heart um, to serve people. And so happenstance heart we mm-hmm. saw each other one day in a coffee shop and he was like i gotta talk to you and uh so he told me about this opportunity and i was just blown away how like this desire that's been cultivating these last four years of service just like opened another door that i never thought was possible and uh i love to hear people's stories and you know the people that we our clients that we deal with they a lot of times they just want somebody to hear their story mm-hmm. to be known to be heard um, because sometimes our help takes a long time, but like to have a position to where like I can hold their hand through it at the end of the day, that's the gift. Okay. So I have all kind of questions. Oh. So the disaster relief is that, are we talking hurricanes or things that happen or is this the disaster in someone's family or life when, when you say disaster relief? We're talking about disaster from hurricanes, tornadoes, overturned truck on the interstate, typically natural and then sort of bigger man-made disasters. Mm-hmm. Fires are also disasters. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to, we're trying to field all those things. But um, what you were saying, Christina, um, about, um, about Cajun Catholics, I'm going to come help you. I'm going to bring some of my family with me. And you want to hear their story? I think that question, Todd, about her being a Cajun Catholic, she is such a Cajun Catholic. <laughs> when, they, when people call us, and she knows, nobody calls us and, and says, well, hey, look, uh, I've got an issue because of my roof. Uh, it was affected by this hurricane, and here's my address. Thank you. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's all the information we need. Yeah. But 15 minutes later, her bedside Cajun manner is so good that she now knows the life story. She knows the situation. She knows, okay, well, single mom, yeah, I can see where that's a big deal for you. Um, she's Her bedside manner is unbelievable. I, I couldn't ask for a, a better uh, a Cajun behind the microphone on that one. Yeah, this is my short explanation of what a Cajun Catholic is. We, we go to adoration, yeah. We, we go to therapy, and we go to Costco's with an S. And that, that, that's, that's what Cajun Catholics do. 
so um, okay, so tell me, uh, th- let, let me have a peek, sneak peek behind your faith life, um, Christina. Uh, what's your prayer life look like? Has it changed over time? Um, and like, uh, in particular, um, do you have a particular saint maybe that that that, uh, that that you have an attraction to? I do. So I feel like my faith changes with seasons in my life. So prior to kids, you know, I was one to see a daily mass, morning morning prayer, evening prayer. Um, but then as I started getting having kids, that had to change. Um, and so it was like a, a way for me to grow in my faith because, you, you know, you have all these priorities that you want to have in your faith life. And um, I had to be there. I had to figure out how to separate them, not separate them, but like make sense for them and for me. Um, and so now that I'm on my, my third precious baby um, that's about to be one, the season right now is like, definitely get in morning prayer but at night we're all falling asleep <laughs> at eight o'clock um and so uh the last four or five years i had a while working at the school i had a holy hour and one of my bucket list items from when i was really young i was like one day i want to have a job where i can have a holy hour to go to adoration um and that's kind of like a job requirement working at the school so wow. i had like these prayers answered um and so th- that time with the Lord, that dedicated time that I had always desired, kind of just opened my prayer life. And because um, that's how I fell in love with the Lord mm-hmm. in high school, in adoration. That's where I met him and knew that there was no turning back from the moment that I saw him. I love that. And then, so that's just like a springboard for like where I am now. Yeah. And so being at Catholic Charities and um, I have an impression of what that's like, you know, uh, from the outside looking in. <clears throat> but has it been different than you thought or what, what has impressed you about Catholic Charities? Well, one helpful thing was I knew a lot of people that worked there prior to going there. So um, that was helpful. Um, but it's a, it's a family. I know that's a theme that's coming across this show today, but it really is like a family. Uh, it's a support system and we all support one another and like we listen and communicate well. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that uh, Christine, we've told her about yet, but perhaps she hasn't experienced with Catholic Charities, uh, and just to pay respect to your mom, uh, the people who in this community knew we have to go after the people who can't help themselves. Mm-hmm. So there are certain situations that we encounter that I'm not even going to say on the radio because they're just not appropriate, but it, it's it's the ones who've been told no by everybody else, the ones who've been rejected by everybody else. There are situations that you can't possibly write a handbook big enough to encounter the situations we do. Uh, and because of that, it, it'll drain you quick. Okay. And so we realized early on, not only do we need a, a good, healthy environment to, to encounter that stuff, but when we hire, looking at you, Christina, when we hire, we need to, we need to make sure we hire members of the family who, uh, who understand this sort of ebb and flow of things. You know, is it a clock in nine to five? Well, sure at times. And then it's sometimes you get in that call at midnight and you gotta, you gotta move. What kind of environment do you want to come back to the next day where people ask, how you doing? Have you taken your, your day off this quarter, you know, just to kind of take care of yourself? Have you gone on retreat recently? You've been seeing a lot, you've been encountering a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, Christina is a, a perfect member of that family. Yeah, so I went, <clears throat> Kim invited me down to uh, St. Joseph's Diner, and I went a few years back. I was scared. I'm, I'm a scaredy cat, you know, and uh, there's there's some scary people that, that are hanging out out there. That's who you're mentoring to, you know, but that I know that those are God's children. And But I guess it takes a little boldness also to be in that environment, huh? I mean, I, are you not scared? Well, my particular job hasn't brought me down there yet. Oh, you're not there but, a lot. So, um, okay, gotcha. 
I also, like I said, I grew up in Karen Grove, so I'm a pretty tough girl. I love it. <clears throat> she's, a, she's a wizard behind the phone. So what I really um, hope to see happen is whenever we respond in disaster, not unlike what we did in Homa Thibodeau, but whenever I'm out, um, you've heard the phrase before, um, behind every good man, there's a much better woman or a much stronger woman. If people usually refer to that in the household, in the home, the husband, and the wife, uh, same is true at a, at a healthy work environment. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to go out there and I'm going to respond to disaster and I may be out of my office for months, I need somebody who I know can hold it down. Somebody who's going to have the compassion that I've already witnessed in receiving these phone calls, but also somebody who can execute and get it done. Um, and I think Christina's unique in that aspect. Nice. Yeah. I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics and today's guest is Christina Reed Como. She is the Disaster Relief Coordinator at Catholic Charities of Acadiana, and it's a blessing to have her today on the show, and I know she's going to do a great job. We're not, we're not pulling for the next disaster, but we know it's coming, right? I mean, it's probably getting ready to be. Is it hurricane season? It may be. Boy, yeah, is it. Yes. Right there. So that's, that's probably all going to happen. We love a good Cajun story on Cajun Catholics, a, a good Cajun love story. So t- tell us how you and your husband met. Well, we <laughs> met in high school. Um, we both went to Karen Crow. We met when we were sophomores in high school. The and listeners can't see that she's turning red right <laughs> now. No, I'm not. I love him very much. My wife uh, and I met it as sophomores as well. So Yeah, no, yeah. you know, it didn't take long for us to love each other. And then, of course, you, you get to college and you're like, okay, we have to grow up just a little bit. And so we separated for a little while. And then we've been together 17 years nice. together. Um so he was my one and only. I love it. I yeah. love it. So I'm, I'm sure that um, also, too, you know, you have to really strengthen each other in a marriage. And uh, and, and that's something that we, I would say, I struggle. You know, um, my we my mother was always like super, super Catholic, but we never really did like organized prayer at night and things like that. And uh, I hear a lot of the young uh, guests that come on the show that that pray with their children at night and pray a rosary. And I'm so I'm so I'm so proud of y'all in one way, but jealous in another. You know, we just didn't have that. But that's something that's going on in your house a little bit. It is. So, uh, like I mentioned, like I didn't grow up in a family that uh, really supported my own faith life. Um, And so I knew that I wanted to do it differently for my children. And so what I started to do um, every night before I go to bed, I go to each of my girls' rooms and I sing them Hail Mary. And so that's how I pray them to sleep. And sometimes they're in the mood to sing with me and sometimes (laughs) they're not. And then, uh, you know, I'll encourage individual prayer, but normally they just fall asleep. Um, But also just give them the opportunity to know, like, this is a good time to do this, you know. Um, And I'll wake them up in the, like, very prayerful, softful way in the morning, you know, tell them how much I love them, God loves them. So just at their level where they are now. Um, So that's been uh, such fruit of being a mother is like how to carry on the faith to my children. All right, Hart, come on in. What what does family prayer look like in my house? Yeah. We just watch TV in the afternoons and that's pretty much it. No, we, uh, so we, EWTN. Yeah, there we go. So we actually, we, we do an evening prayer and Craig Baker actually challenged us on this. He said, do y'all do family prayer? We said, well, of course, every night. And by every night, we mean eh, six days a week. Uh, do y'all do family prayer? I said, yeah, he goes, now hold on a second. Are you doing individual prayer as a family or are you doing family prayer? I was like, well, hold, hold on, bro. What's the difference here? Um, so anyway, apparently he said what we're doing is we're, we're stating our intentions, basically. We're stating our intentions out loud to each other, with each other, which is a good practice because now your whole family knows kind of what's on your mind, what's on your heart, how can we pray for each other. But he said, yeah, collectively, are you coming together with something? So uh, within about two years, maybe 18 months of him asking us that, we, believe it or not, 
we pray the liturgy of the hours. We pray that we pray oh, night prayer wow. together as a family. And my kids cannot wait. They fight over who's going to lead the prayer. The, the fact that I'm even uh, have a microphone in my face saying these words <laughs> it still blows my mind. Like my family prays liturgy of the hours, like that that night prayer. But they look forward to it. I look forward to it. And I think what what it does for us is it takes prayer away from this, Lord, I need this, I'm struggling with this, please help me with this. And all of a sudden it just puts it all back on him. Mm-hmm. And then there's that ebb and flow, that back and forth of like, Lord, I praise you. You're Especially in the mornings, like when we say, Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. And then at night, you're basically asking him to put you to sleep. And, and that emphasis goes back on him. And then for a moment during intentions, we talk about where we are. But then it goes back to him, which I think is a, a really good uh, for a neurotic uh, uh, person like myself, <laughs> it's good. It's good for me to not be too inward, you know. Right. Um, so it, so it works Cr- for us. Christina, I think we t- you, you you lit up when I asked you about a saint. I don't know if you told me who your saint was. I'm I'm gonna guess that your Saint Therese is gonna be your saint. But but am I wrong on that one? No, you're absolutely correct. Uh, I just had that feeling. You're looking like Saint Therese. <laughs> Talking about fool. <laughs> Yes, she has played a significant role in my life since I make my, made my confirmation. And um, through that time of journeying with her, um, I'm part of a Teresians group. It's a women's group, and I've been doing it for 10 years. Um, and it's really held together my faith with those women. Um, and so many fruits have come out of that group. Um, they've just trucked me along. So, yes, she is my girl. I like that heart, Holy Spirit, like looking good on this one. There was only ten thousand for you to choose from, literally ten thousand saints, and you smashed. It. Uh, I just had a feeling on that one. Uh, so, well, so if you're in this Teresians group, also I always like to ask the guests, like, give me something in in the last, say, thirty days in your faith life that you've learned about either the Catholic Church or, or, or some maybe maybe a Bible character or something that you learned that 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 you could share with our audience that that you'd like to share. I don't know if you read a whole lot of. Christian books or whatever, anything. I do love to read. I've been reading a lot of fiction. So, however, um, this summer a friend of our mine started a, a, a chosen watch party, and this just finally. Happened. Yeah, it's really fun. However, yesterday we were supposed to meet and we didn't, and so I invited. I wasn't feeling well, so I just watched it in my room, and I invited my oldest eight-year-old to watch it with me. I've previously watched it at home mm-hmm. in front of everyone, had no interest. And so she's laying next to me, and of course she has all these beautiful questions. She's like relating it to stories she learned at school. And she was like, Mom, I love this. Thank you for letting me watch this with you. And like, I can't wait to watch the next one. And we had to cut it off and go to bed. But I was just like, just to give them the opportunities. And I just was like, this is such a good way in where she is at to grow with her Mm -hmm. and to like help her explore it because the the chosen uh, movie. It, I mean, the series, it just makes Jesus so human. Mm-hmm. And I want her to know him that way, mm-hmm. that he is a living, breathing God and not some ideal that we pray to and think about. He is here for us. And me watching that as an adult, I mean, I think it's going to change people's lives and how oh, they wow. view him. And so that was just a recent thing that happened yesterday um, that I was just blown away by. So the reason I said finally is because I've had all these guests on the show and I love The Chosen and I want to talk about it and everybody's like, no, I haven't seen it yet. And you're like one of the first persons that, that, have, that have watched The Chosen. Do you? you? I, not, not only <laughs> do I guy. watch it, not only okay, do okay. I watch it, it is, gosh, I'm going to get smashed for this. I probably shouldn't say it on the radio. That is the only Christian media since Fulton Sheen that I endorse. 
Wow. I'm talking music. I'm talking Strong. movies. I'm talking anything. The Passion of the Christ is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but that is the only thing. It's like, finally, exactly. Like, finally, right. somebody just did it and made him look like a human. They got his sense of humor. They got this person that I've been in love with for some time. And finally, it's not just, you know, I love you, I love you, I love you, bridge, repeat, uh, refrain. It's, it's, yeah. They got it, man. Yeah. It. And it's not a Catholic deal, but there's a lot of Catholic undertones. There's a lot of overtones. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's full of tones. And that yeah. uh, Dallas Jenkins, the director, he has sits down, sit downs with priests. And he's like, all right. And mm-hmm. I, I've got to watch the interview. He uh, said, all right, I did the Mary episode. Tell me what you think. What did I get wrong? I mean, completely humble. I love it. And the priest said, you did pretty darn good. So yeah, I'm, I'm behind it. I endorse it. Yeah. I love, I, I, I haven't, it's been a while. We need the new episodes. Like, mm-hmm. it's been a while, right? I mean, we got to get going on that. Uh, no, no doubt about it. I love that. Um, so, uh, Christina, um, what's what's on your horizon uh, th- through your Catholic charities? I, I, I know what I want to ask you. Um, I ask this to certain guests or a lot of guests, and I want to get your perspective. My daughters, we, we both have the three daughters, ask questions to me like dad uh what's a conversion what does a conversion look like you know um is that is that something that happens like paul falling off the horse or you know um in your life and tell me how do you feel like you've had a conversion or and what is your experience with that conversion personally yeah yeah i mean i feel like there's deep layers that you go through in your faith but the one that was most resounding was like when i first encountered christ in adoration and i can't wait to like have a level of understanding to share that with my children now my oldest is eight so there's only so much mm-hmm. she's gonna get but i want her you know i i went on trips with teens and i did speeches and like there's a way to tell that story so beautifully um and so describe to our audience what you experienced in adoration that moved you so much so when i was in high school we do like once a month or twice a month we uh, you know, do exposition on the altar, um, and our Lord was present, and we'd have background music, nobody was singing, and it was just, we were kneeling right under the monstrance around the altar. I mean, you couldn't run away from him, you couldn't go anywhere, all you could do, every light was off except the altar light, and all you could do was focus on him, and out over time, you know, when you first start off as a young teen, you're just looking at it, trying to figure out what's before you, and then after repeat, going, do that month after month, just change your heart it just basically he lifted the veil for me in front of him and um once you witness that once you feel that love you can't ever come back from mm-hmm. i mean you, you can't ever like go backwards it's uh, always going to be that starting point yeah you, how about your heart well i'm, I'm kind of curious if we can dig into adoration a little bit i've uh there was a woman one time we were at Fatima and she said can you please tell since you got that ministry over at Fatima she goes can you please tell the men to dress up when they go to adoration and I said no ma'am I'm definitely not doing that I wasn't trying to offend her but I was like we dress up for the wedding feast and the sacrifice we dress up for the mass adoration is kind of like uh, come you know, as you are yeah when, when, when you see an old couple sitting there having coffee and they're not even talking they've been married 50 years they're not talking they're not all dressed up so they must not love each other no, just the opposite. They don't really need to say anything. They just need to be in each other's presence. Um, that's what I love about adoration. But um, you sound like you've got more of a devotion to it than I do. You want to speak into that a little bit at all? Yeah. I mean, I just I developed a love for that. And like I said, like I had always longed for a, a, a job or a place that would support a holy hour because I, I never made time for it. And the Lord gave me a job that mm. made me make time for him. Um, I just think there's something that moves your soul. I think it's the closest, beside receiving him uh, and 
in communion that we're going to get to him. It's it's having a cup of coffee with him. It's sitting in his presence. It's giving him a hug. Um, it really just resets me and keeps me seeing the way forward. And uh, have you been in more than in many adoration chapels? Just curious, where do you where do you like to go? So prior to being in there, because our JPG has a twenty four hour adoration chapel. Prior to that, I would frequent the one in Karen Grove because mm-hmm. uh, it is also perpetual. Okay. Yeah. So those. I like that. You know, the Sacred Heart one's beautiful. It was, um, when they first did it, it was in the center of the room. I'm not sure if they've moved that around a little bit, but, uh, and it's got a big skylight. Have you been in, y'all been in that one? Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful one. And then, uh, I've been doing Pious forever. It's been like 18, 19 years and, uh, and it's special every Friday morning, 5 a.m., you know, and I'm not a morning person, so that's that's some penance for me. But we have a little adoration group that, that's picked up from Curcio, and uh, it's special, you know, no doubt. It, my life would be uh, pretty, pretty, pretty lost without it, I feel like. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. All right, good deal. Well, we're uh, we're coming towards the end of the show. Got a few minutes left, and uh, just been a real blessing to have her on the show. She's got a lot to give Acadiana, and... Uh, you know, tell me um, uh, about uh, just as a perspective, as a female in Acadiana, um, uh, what do you think, um, what do you think, I guess, how do we compare to others uh, as a faith group? As a female, I, I don't know, I'm trying to get to the question of um, your perspective of the Catholic Church. Uh, we're, we're going through a lot with Roe versus Wade and things like this. How do you reach, let's ask it this way, how do you reach young females that are that are interested mm. in the faith? I think you have to be open for a conversation and a conversation that's not always gonna go your way. I think you just have to be prepared to meet people where they are. Um, and you're not always gonna get that first moment conversion. It, sometimes you're gonna have to walk with them. Um, because they have no examples or no conversations like they're having with you when you encounter them. Um, and I'm a person who loves to have conversations. Um, and so I think that's how women naturally are. We talk, we nurture. And so I think um, we as women, um, we do sometimes have to step outside of our families to share those gifts um, and spread our faith in that way, even if it's in mom mom groups or at the gym or at the coffee shop, um, to be open and willing to um, just take it that next step. Don't let that first conversation be the end point. Yeah, like my, my mom started the Women's Crusade. That's one of her things, and, and, and I made it many years later. But I, I find there's a lot of women that are hesitant. They're scared to step forth in their faith, and I wish... And like one thing is like I run across a lot of ladies that 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 are interested in Garcia Summit, but they have to have a sponsor that had made Garcia prior to. So I can't I can't sponsor a lady, but um, I wish there was. I find there's just some hesitancy uh, among the ladies. To, I've to, made mine. Yeah, all yeah. right. I got somebody I got to go to. I three ten is my number. I love it. I love it. I, hey, I'll be sending you some candidates. Uh, because uh, I'm 393, and uh, yeah, that's something that's close to my heart. My mother started it, and um, the first one in Prairie Roan was was Curcia 16, which is my Holy Spirit number, and uh, it was in Lake Charles prior to. But Father Fidelis and Father Fry, uh, they were all real close with my mother. That's yep. a bunch of legends. Yeah, one, oh yeah, she's in one story. No doubt about it. Well, again, uh, you know, do you do you write a diary? Do I journal? Yeah. Yes, heavily. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah, my mother did a, a diary every day for 42 years, and, and when she passed about four years ago, I started. So I'm about four years in. Uh, she used to write a lot about what she ate 
which wasn't that interesting, you know, but I find myself doing the same thing, you know. But uh, She was a Cajun Catholic. Oh, bro. she was a true Cajun Catholic. She'd drink that beer and eat that crawfish, and she'd be in church. And she'd Actually, write about what she's going to eat next. I have two journals. So one I started, you know, I've journaled all my life. The second one I've done and I've learned through adulthood was a gratitude journal. Mm. That's, that's a gift I can leave my children. That's beautiful. And you so see. it started off the book 1,000 Gifts is where I got the idea. But, you know, thousand plus gifts later like i realized this is what you leave behind to your children not the all your thoughts and in and out in your conversations with god because they have to live their own faith mm-hmm. but your gratitude can always carry Ooh, forward i got a whole new chapter for my diary there we go she's the shizzle people uh, uh <laughs> i want to thank her for being on the show heart for bringing her on the show as well and it's just been a blessing to all of us and i wish you nothing but the best and know that uh you guys will be in my prayers and i ask for yours yes thank you, you so much it. all right we we feature outstanding catholics from all over acadiana you've been listening to cajun catholics and until next time god bless mm-hmm.